Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf Kuf Chof Aleph. We are on the Mishnah, Kuf Chof Aleph, Man Aleph, Nachri Shabbat So we're continuing the parak discussing someone who has a delika, a fire in his home on Shabbos. Again, if this happens in our times, one should extinguish the fire. But back in the day, they were able to get out. It would only be a, a monetary loss, and therefore there was no can loss. Can't hear you. Can't hear me? Sorry. Oh, thanks for telling me. Do you hear me better now? Much better. Okay, so you can't see me, but you can hear me. Okay, so it's we're only discussing a monetary loss, and therefore, obviously, one would not be able to extinguish the fire himself. The question was, what are you, what are you allowed to save? We got into the uh, catch twenty-two. On one hand, Chazal are concerned you're going to hey, you have a hefsid, you're losing your money. On the other hand, if we allow you to save too many things, you're going to end up extinguishing, extinguishing it yourself. So, continuing that theme, so the Mishnah says, Nachri Chabois, You have your firefighter. He comes to extinguish your fire. Ein oimrim loy kabe. You cannot tell him. Yes, uh, extinguish it. Also, or al-tachabe, you don't have to tell him, don't extinguish it. You let it you're allowed to, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, but you cannot either encourage him to do more, because that would be a miral anachri, telling anachri to do malachar for you on Shabbos, and one is not allowed to do that. Additionally, we're not machmer that, that, you, that you have to tell him to stop. You don't have to tell him to stop. Because your sh- their shvisa is not meaning we're not commanded on the on the uh, keeping Shabbos of a guy. There's a concept that your behemoth has to keep Shabbos, your Eved, as Rashi points out, but if it's not your Eved, a regular non-Jew, I don't care if he keeps Shabbos. It doesn't bother me. So as long as he has some reason why he wants to extinguish the fire, he's a good uh, you know, neighbor, he's a firefighter, let him do it. Next, if a young child comes, meaning a Jewish child comes to extinguish the fire, we do not listen to him, we tell him you cannot do it. Why? Because we do in fact need to make sure the young children keep Shabbos. And the Gemara is going to explain whose child is this, is it the father or the Bezdin, who exactly has to be concerned when the young child keeps, uh, you know, has to make, you know, th- was trying to extinguish the fire, we tell him that he cannot do that. So that gets into the discussion, or Velsky is how I used to call it, your little Shabbos guy. You know, your, uh, your little child, you ask him to turn on, turn on light, turn on air conditioners, this is the source that it's not so simple to do that. Okay, so let's see. Amar Rabbi Ami, when it comes to a fire, hitiru loimar, you're allowed to say the following. Whoever extinguishes the fire will not lose out, which is, a, which is what we would call a, a remiza, a hint. You're hinting to the guy that I really want you to do it, and if you do it, you won't lose out. Seemingly, I'll pay you after uh, I'll pay you after Shabbos. But you did not say, please extinguish it. As long as you didn't say it specifically, you hinted to it, and he's doing it that for himself, really, because he knows he's going to get paid. Loy hifs it. He's not going to lose. He's not going to lose on this. He'll come back after Shabbos and send in the bill. Halach is according to Rabbi Ami. You're allowed to do that. So the Gemara says, "Name a Messiah." Lay. Let's bring a raya to Rabbi Ami from what we learned in our Mishnah. The Mishnah says, "Nachri shabalachabes inam loy kabe va'altachabe b'mei she'en shvi sasay alein." We don't tell him extinguish it. 
Or we don't have to tell him, don't extinguish it because we don't care about him keeping Shabbos. But it sounds like, what we cannot tell him is extinguish it. Huh? I could tell him something that is less commanding. I could say, whoever does in fact extinguish it will not lose. So shouldn't that be a proof from our Mishnah? The says, nope, aim a safer. Look at the safer. The second part of the Mishnah says, Al Techabe. We do not tell him, don't extinguish it. However, maybe in that discussion, the same way, uh, the same way we made a diok that said only what the Mishnah said, but anything different we could say is not included in the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said, what do I not have to tell him? I don't have to tell him, stop. If he wants to do it on his own, he could continue. Maybe that's the only thing that's mutter, that if he's doing it, I don't have to tell him to stop. But to go and say, who says that's mutter? You don't have any proof from our Mishnah either way. Either that it's mutter or that it's usr. You have no proof. There was a story, there was a fire that that uh, took effect, that fell on the uh, property, the chatzar of Yosef ben Simoi b'shichin. He was in the town called Shichin. We had this in yesterday's daf, the town of Shichin. And these, uh, what ambassadors, these people from, from Tzipari came to extinguish the fire. He was in charge of, he was the treasurer for the uh, Roman kingdom there. And therefore, they wanted to make sure that he wouldn't get harmed. They were his, you know, his private security. But he didn't allow them to extinguish the fire on Shabbos and they covered Shabbos. As, as you know, our parak is discussing, it's Chil Shabbos to extinguish the flame. He wanted to be Machmer, and he said, no, you cannot extinguish the fire. A nace happened, and it rained, and it extinguished the fire. La'erev, that night, Shiger l'chol echad mehen, he sent to each one of these uh, people that came to extinguish the flame, Shtei Salam, he sent them to Salam, Pirkos Shabahen Chamishim, and the general, the... the the uh, chief of, of those people, he sent 50 salam as a, as a payment for coming to, you know, to come extinguish this fire. When Chacham heard about the story, they said, you didn't have to do this. It was extra frumkite, unnecessary. Our Mishnah said, you don't have to tell, you're not allowed to tell them to extinguish it. However, you don't have to tell them either to stop. So if they were coming on behalf of the, the governor, uh, the, the Roman Tsar, uh, they were coming on, on his behalf because they wanted to make sure their treasurer, not, his property would not get harmed. There's no problem. Let them do it. You don't have to tell them to stop. Next, the Mishnah said, If a cotton comes to extinguish a flame, we don't listen to him. There's a concept that we have to make sure he keeps Shabbos. So there's going to be two different ideas going on here. One idea is the concept of when it comes to Shabbos, it says, that seemingly adding on to your regular tarek mitzvahs, there's a concept of your children also have to keep Shabbos. We say this in Kiddush, some people, so your children also have to keep Shabbos. That's one idea. Another idea is the Gemara Nivamis that says there's a concept of you cannot feed non-kosher to a child. 
there's a discussion about giving non-kosher medicine. Let's say the only medication available is non-kosher. But feeding a child something that's non-kosher, that is us, that's Issa Daraisa. So the Gemara is going to try to figure out, we'll see, the Rishon and discuss which one are we talking about. We're talking about the Shabbos issue, the regular issue of Tayag Mitzvah, of feeding something non-kosher to a, to a, uh, to a katan. The, the classic halacha of chinuch is only midrabanan. The concept of telling your son you have to go ch- shake a lulav now when he's 11 years old, that everyone agrees is only, uh, will only be beged der rabbanan. Okay, so the Gemara said like this. The Mishnah told me, avakotan, so this cotton comes with this bucket of water. He wants to help us extinguish the fire. We say, no, you can't do it. So let's say you have a, you know, lights off in the bathroom or something and the child's going to go turn it on. You have to tell him that you have to stop. So the Gemara says, shama mina. We see from here that katan oichlan avelis bezdin mitzuvin alav lafrishay. That bezdin or anyone who would be considered a shliach a bezdin. So this does come up in uh, in many uh, day schools. Maybe we'll discuss this on Shabbos morning. But uh, there's a uh, a shaila comes up. Let's say someone's teaching or tutoring in a day school, and there's a Jewish child, and they are eating non-kosher snacks or non-kosher meals. Do you have to stop them? The halacha is that for another Jew, there's a concept of kol yisrael aravim zelazeh, gemar and seita, the flam and vav. I think that we have to tell another Jew to stop. There's a concept of kol yisrael aravim zelazeh. Now, if they're not going to listen to you, that's a whole different discussion. But there's a concept that I'm responsible for my friend's action. The whole kirov movement of Noah Weinberg was very into that. There's a whole there's a magen avram in hilchas in hilchas lulav that a person has a chiyuv to give a lulav to his friend as well. There's a discussion if you give up your own lulav for your friend's lulav to make sure your friend has the uh, is mekayin the mitzvah. It's a fascinating discussion. There's a chasam soifer on it. Ramosha argues on the whole thing. Ramosha says no that your mitzvahs always come first. But the backdrop to that discussion is there's definitely everyone agrees. There's definitely a chiyuv for me to reach out to my brothers the same way I have a mitzvah to wear tefillin. My my friend who, who's a Jew who doesn't know about tefillin he also has a mitzvah. Where it's when I have to make sure he's wearing tefillin as well. No, so Arvis is, is definitely the assays and loises, but you're a good question. When it comes to uh, katan, yeah. seemingly the loises assays are more, uh, are, are more on top of that than the assays. But yeah, it's a good point. It's a valid point. That you're right. It's, it's not necessarily the same uh, platform. Okay, so. What do we see from here? That Eichel Nevelos, this, this, uh, this Jewish, this nine-year-old boy, he's about to extinguish the fire, he's about to turn on the light in the shul bathroom, we tell him no. Bezdin mitzuvin alav lafrishi, we tell him you know how to do that. At Shabbos, you can't turn on the light. So I'm Rav and again, this seems to argue on another Sogei Yuvamos that says that Bezdin is not mitzuvah to lafrishi mechet. So I'm Rav Yechanan, bekatana oisil ledas aviv, we're talking about a katan who did it, ledas aviv, looking for his father's approval, that he knows his father wants him to do this. So that's the Isser, that if, if you have a child who's doing something because his father wants him to do it, he knows that this is what he wants. That's the Isser of, of, of a cotton do, doing an Avera. And the, it's as if the father is involved in it. And it's as if he's machilo biyadayim, and it's Aser. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. So if you're telling me that's the case, that the child looks at his father and he knows that his father wants him to extinguish the flame, so the kavasa, the parallel case in our Mishnah would be Gabi Nachri, by the non-Jew, the firefighter, the ka'avi ledate the Yisrael, he sees the Yisrael, he sees his, his house is burning, he gets the approval that, uh, that nod, go for it, he's doing it. Al-das, the, the, the yid, mi shari, is that mutter? 
You're not allowed to do that. If a, if a non-Jew does something for you on Shabbos, it's Aser. So comes the Gemara, the Gemara says, famous words, He's doing it for himself, even, even though, of course, he knows you want it. But there's always going to be a mixed-in uh, self-reason why he's doing it. It's called a He's doing it for himself because he, he wants to be a, a, a good neighbor. He thinks he's going to get paid afterwards. Whatever the story is, there's always his own reasoning involved, and therefore it's mutter. But the, the child, he's not, you know, he's not such an egotistical thing, you know, per person. He has to do it on the child, even at the young age. But he's doing it because he's a, a good Lemelo kid. His father told him this thing, he's doing it. He's not doing it because he's going to gain anything, because he's a firefighter and it's going to be on Twitter that he didn't, you know, blow out the fire. He, he's doing it because of, he's doing it specifically because his father told him to do. There's a concept in halacha. Let's say um, in Hilcha Shechita, you have a katan who shechs and is a gadol oimer al gabo. Halacha is it's a kasher shechita, even though the katan doesn't have a uh, he's not the right, the proper age. But an achri with the gadol oimer al gabo doesn't help you. Why? Because because it's, it's called dasa cheres murevis boy. He has his own das. So that's a chumrah, and hilchas, hilchas gitin, and hilchas, um, and hilchas afias matzah, making matzah. There's always das acheres murevis by. Let's say there's no das. Let's talk about matzah for a second. Let's say there's, there's a machine, right? So I'm a Jew. I press, I press the button. I'm standing on top of the machine. So there's no das in the machine that's changing from my das. The same way I could stand over a cut and tell him, make it the shame matzah's mitzvah works, even though he's 11 years old, it works. So the machine works. But a gadol, there's dasa cheres muravis boy. There's other, he has other thoughts involved, and therefore, in matzah and gittin, and that's aser, doesn't work. Over here, it's a heter because he's doing it for himself. It's not called a nachri doing malacha for you. Okay, next Mishnah. So we, we quoted this Mishnah earlier. Kaifin ka'ara al gabi haner, bishvil is So let's say a person has a fire, uh, you know, on his table, and he wants to turn over a bowl on top of it. So halacha is you're allowed to turn over a ka'ara. Ka'ara was typically a klicheres, an earthenware bowl. You're allowed to put that on top of the net. Now why are you doing it? It cannot be you're doing it to extinguish the fire, because that would be awesome. You're doing it so that it doesn't spread ka'ara to your beams, to your roof, to your ceiling. That is the reason why it's mutter. The al-tsaya shakat, you also let it take the same type of bowl and flip it on top of the tsaya, the excrement of a katan. The Gemara is going to explain. You're additionally allowed to place it on top of a scorpion in order to make sure it doesn't bite you. Thereby, you're trapping the scorpion, but it's still mutter. And we'll see in the Gemara why this is mutter. The Amr Abiyudah said the following. The story came in front of Rabbi Yechem in the town of Arav, or Arab, and he paskined, the story was someone had a scorpion in his house or in his field and he took a bowl, put it on top of it, as the Tanakama of our Mishnah said. And comes along Abirchem and Zaki says, Asr, I'm concerned. Why? Because that's called Seda. That's called trapping. He had a scorpion, he put the bowl on top. Isn't that called trapping? Textbook, Sad on Shabbos. And therefore, Abirchem felt there would be an Isidaraisa. Rav Yehud, so that's not the Gemara. Rav Yehud, Rav Yemiah, Bar Abba, Rav Chana, Bar Rava, Iklo Lebei, Oven, Demin, Nishikaya. They went to the house of Oven, who was from the, the town of Nishikaya. So the Rav Yehud, Rav Yemiah, Bar Abba, Isla, Priyasas. They brought a couch only in front of Rav Yehud, Rav Yemiah, Bar Abba. Only, only those guys got the uh, couch. But the Rav Chana, Bar Rava, lay Isla. They did not give him the, the couch. He had to stand or sit on the ground. 
he wasn't given the royal treatment. Now Ashkechei, so Rav Chonon found that Masila Lebre, sorry, they found Rav Chonon, who was uh, who was teaching t- uh, to his son. So they found that that uh, Avin is teaching his son that the tsoya of a katan, you're allowed to take if you have tsoya a child's excrement on the floor, you're allowed to take a klicheres, a uh, uh, powdery bowl, and put it on top of it. Why are you doing it? So in order that the child shouldn't play with it. That's the reason why you're doing it. And this touches upon a sugya of You're not allowed to move a keli if it's for a non-muksa purpose. And seemingly we're makel over here. So Amalia's Rachonin says, hold on a second. Oven, Shatya Masne This father's a fool. He's teaching Shtusa, literally Shtusim, to his son. Why? Why are you telling me that I'm, I'm moving a keli for something that's inherently muksa, which is soya of a child, a child's excrement? That's not true. That's fit for a dog. A dog would eat it, they'll nibble on it, and therefore it's not muksa. If animal food is not muksa on Shabbos, so if a dog would eat this, or would nibble on it, would play with it, whatever that means, so it's not muksa. So therefore, why are you telling me I'm allowed a chiddish, I'm allowed to take a bowl and put that's not what the Mishnah is talking about. And the chit, if you want to tell me, well, it's new. It wasn't here in the world yesterday. You have rivers that are flowing, and, and, and uh, a mayan is a uh, spring. That water is coming out of. Halacha is, it's, it's not moksa, even though it wasn't here. Let's say my, my water wasn't out of the well or out of the spring before Shabbos. But you would call it new. Halacha is not moksa. Oh, so the Gemara, all the Achorin has the kasha. We show you Achorin, everyone has the kasha. So if you look in the Gemara in Beit Zeta, Beis Gimel over there, it talks about that the egg. Uh, was it was the Gemara's lashon there? It calls the, the the egg is part of the uchol the afrasu. The egg is part of the chicken, and therefore since the chicken is moksa. Go go back to that Gemara. Basil Shama is a chick is it an egg that's that's uh beitzim versus a uh, chicken that's there for shita. So you'll see that the the maskona is that the egg is muksa because the mother is muksa, the chicken is muksa because the chicken was not there to be eaten for Yantif, wasn't that type of chicken. And since the egg was part of that chicken when Banish Moshes came in, halacha is it's muksa, but not because it wasn't in the world before. As as because the Gemara clearly says, if you have water that wasn't right here, it just came from the river or came from the well, the spring. Very good point. Old Rishonim Achronim raised that issue, and that, that's the answer basically. So even if you want to tell me that uh, you know it was new new things, we hold doesn't make a difference. It's still not muksa. So hechi asnayu. So oven said, so fine, so if I'm wrong, what exactly did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah, didn't the Mishnah say, go back to, to Kuchafal from Aleph, it said, you let to put a ka'ara on top of the tsaya of a katan. So am I saying something wrong? So comes along Rav Hanan, he says, you are allowed to put a bowl on top of tsaya which is their chicken uh, feces, because you don't want the katan to get dirty from it. So the chicken tsaya is muksan. The dogs don't even eat that. So that's totally muksa. So to bring me a case where I'm moving a keli for something that I cannot move, which is the chicken tsaya, that's what the Mishnah says. So why is it mentioned the word katan here? Mipne katan. Why would you do that? What's the point of covering it? I'm covering it so that my three-year-old doesn't start playing with it. That's, the, that's what the Mishnah meant. 
So the Gemara says, why, why is that necessary? That typically, to have a graph shari'i, why do you need the reason for, uh, you know, because the child might get dirty. Either way, it should be mutter to literally take your hands with, you know, wear gloves, whatever, and move it yourself. Isn't there halacha of graph shari'i, which literally means the toilet, a bedpan? Halacha is, let's say, you have a garbage can. Let's say a person has a garbage can, you know, garbage, you know, garbage bag in shul, you know, in, in the room or something, and it stinks. How you let it move on shop? It's smoke stuff. So we spoke about this, that or palms, that's how you used to say, there's always, you know, plastic cups that people just, you know, drink a little water, put in. It's probably not, not everything there is literally garbage. So maybe that's a limitless But let's assume everything is literally garbage, okay? How you let it move on Shabbos? Halach is if it stinks, you let it move it to get it out of the way. So it's called a graf shari. Anything that's called a graf shari, you let to move on Shabbos. So if this thing is so disgusting, why can't I? I can literally move it with my hands. So what's the chiddush that I could take a cup and cover it? I could, I could move it with my hands itself. So the Gemara says, a graf shari, gav mana in Maybe graf shari only works when it's like in a garbage bag, or it's you know in a garbage can, but. To, to actually touch the graph yourself, maybe you can touch so yourself. The says, no, there's one, say, uh, you know, a dead mouse. The Rav Ashi was found in the, uh, the spark me, the uh, spices of Rav Ashi in his uh, cabinet. He told his uh, people in his house, grab it by its tail. He called, you know, that neighbor that always likes to. To, to take out the mice. So he called that guy and he said, okay, take it out with the tail. What do you see from there? Now, what's the have to remove the mouse? It's, it's muksa. A dead mouse in Shabbos is muksa. Maybe if dogs eat it, perhaps it wouldn't be muksa. But typically it'd be muksa. So how do I move it out? Because the graph sure it's disgusting to have it here. So what do you see from there? I don't need a keili that has to be on the trap. I'm allowed to move it with the tail. Halacha. So, so you see graph shari is mutter to move it be a daim. So the Gemara says, the case was ashba. The case was where the tsoya was in the ashba. It was in the garbage itself. It's in the dumpster. So you can't move garbage out of a dumpster. Where exactly are you moving it? It's in the dumpster. It's there already, right? That's a Shiloh regarding. Um, we spoke about this. You draw your, your, the garbage cans that are in a, that are in a, the, the wheel out ones. The whole head to move a garbage can is because it stinks. So when opening your drawer, you're not making it smell any better. You're doing because you want to put something in there. So there's no hetter. How do you move it? So therefore, we spoke about different heterim. Keep uh, extra garbage bags in the bottom of the bin or in the drawer itself. Put um, other things recycling in that drawer. So then you're pulling out. It's a bus. It's a usher, villa davar hamotor, plus or palms hetter. That you have plastic cups or plastic spoons that theoretically you can wash it off and you could use it again. But if not for that, how you allowed to move it? I'm only allowed to move it because it smells here. I want to get something out of here. But if I want to bust my table, so I'm allowed to move the garbage can to the table, no, I'll do that. It's not graf shari. Graf shari is when I want to get this out of here. So if I have this soya in the dumpster, I'm not allowed to move it. So if I'm not allowed to move it, but I still don't want my child to play with it, now I want to use, invoke the Mishnah of koifin esakha'ara to cover the soya with this cheres bowl in order that my child doesn't play with it. So the Gemara says, V'katan, my boyle. Why is your child hanging out in the dumpster? So the Gemara says, Bechatzer. We're not talking about a real dumpster. We're talking about Bechatzer. It's out in the yard. You have a section of the yard that's for your junk, for your garbage, and the child's playing there, so you're nervous that he's going to get himself all dirty from the tzaya of the Tarnagaylam, and therefore you cannot move it away from there because it smells there anyways. You're not helping the avir by moving it, so you let it flip over the, the kara in order to protect your child from getting all dirty. So the Gemara says, Chatzur Nami, Grav Shavri'ihu. 
even the chutzur. So why, why should I not be able to move it away from the, the property itself? So says, you have a dumpster or a dump in the chutzur itself. There's nowhere to move it. This is the place where it should be. Therefore, as, as the case we said, you're going to cover it with your bowl. Next, the Mishnah said, you cover up the uh, scorpion, you let a trap it in order that it doesn't bite you. So seemingly this is a pala because the halacha is, it's a, one of the Lama Tesmalachas, it's Tzedah, trapping. So why let it trap this bee? We'll talk about bees. How you let it trap this scorpion on Shabbos? So Gemara says, Amar Yafshim Alevi, call him Azik, anything that damages people, Neherogin Meshabbos. They could be killed on Shabbos. You let it kill them on Shabbos. The Gemara says, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, it's not true, you can just kill any animal that, that harms people on Shabbos. You only have five. Hamisha Nerogin Bashabas. Only five types of animals can be killed on Shabbos. The Eluhin, and these are the, these are the following. Zavo Shabaritasaw, this Egyptian fly, the Tsira Shabaninve. You have this uh, what is it, the hornet of Ninve, the Akov Shabakhadyov, you have the scorpion of Khadyov, and Akashabitsaw, the the Israeli snake, the Kel of Shaitab Khamakman, a wild dog. Anytime. So, Mani, who is the author of this price? Ilima Rabbi Yehuda. If this author is, is Rabbi Yehuda, so why in these five are you putter? You should never be allowed to trap or kill an animal on Shabbos, even though the heter would be because I don't really need the skin. I'm not making cloth from the uh, snake. I want it, I want it dead. So, it's a malachashin tzicha legufa. So, then why is the mutter? According to Abihu, the Malachashin Zirukufa, still Asir. And Allah must be Shimon. So Rav Shimon holds that Malachashin Zirukufa is Mutter. So as long as you don't need the animal, it should be Mutter. So then why only five? Why only five? What about any, any animal would not be Asir to, to trap or to kill? So Rav Yirmiya. Who told you you have the correct version of this Baisa? Even the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. Not killing it. Has to be no. Melachas tzrich leguf means I need it for the typical use in the base hamikdash, whatever the mishkan. And he was told, Rabbi Yehuda, it's the lesser. So here it can't be because of that because here you're not doing it to kill it. You're doing it. You're not doing it. The problem is. So why am I put over here according to Rabbi Yehuda? If it's melachas tzrich legufa, then machlekes Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon. So either way, put all them in one category. All animals should either be mutter. All animals should be aser. The Gemara is asking you, the Gemara's question is, in a nutshell, why five? What's special about these five? If you hold it's mutter to, to kill an animal because, as you're saying, I don't really want it, I want it out of here, so then all the mutter, where do you get these fave five animals that could be killed? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yirmiyu claims, you told me you have a correct version of the Baisa, Dumbun Shabashti, you have an incorrect version, and therefore I'm Rabbi Yosef, Anama Sneina Lei, I learned this Baisa, Vaisivnila, he has kashas on it, Vaanama Tarisnila, I'm going to tell you Pshat in this Baisa. When, when Rabbi Shuban Levi said that there are five uh, things that could be killed, that's talking about, I'm sorry, forget about Rashid When there's five things that were mentioned regarding this, this, the five animals that you could kill, that's Baratsu Acharav. That's when they're running after him. The call. The halacha is that everyone agrees, whether it's Rav Yehuda, and Rab Shimon, that Baratsu Achrov Divakal. When it's running after you, that's Mishum Pikuach Nefesh. But this, these five that are mutter are even when it's, I'm sorry, even when it's not running after you. So let's repeat it, because I, I got you confused. 
There's specific five, right? The Gemara asks, where do you get this five from? If you hold, you gotta kill an animal because if you don't want it, so then everything should be mutter. Someone says, you're right. Comes Ravyosh, no problem. As long as you don't want this animal, it's, it's, it's something that's mazik. Halach is if it's chasing you, you're allowed to kill it on Shabbos. What about these five? These five are so dangerous that even if it's not chasing you at this moment, you are indeed allowed to kill it before it, before it wakes up and starts, uh, and starts chasing you. Okay. Tani Tana Kamed Rav Baravuna. So someone taught the Bryce in front of Rav Baravuna. Someone who kills snakes and scorpions on Shabbos, that the Ruach Hasidim, the people that are pious individuals, they, they do not like it. They don't, uh, they don't look, look, they look down upon this person. So Amalei, and those Hasidim that are so machmer, their nose is in the ear, the Chachamim are not so happy with them because it's wrong. If, if it's a, in fact a damaging animal, you are allowed to kill it. And this, are, this is in disagreement with Ravuna. He saw a person, an individual that was killing a Zibura, was killing a hornet on Shabbos. You finished it? Like a guy killing a mosquito in a sukkah. Are you done? There's no more, there's no more mosquitoes left? You're not allowed to do it on Shabbos. Seemingly, he said it's Usr. So this argues on this this chachamim that were not happy with the chasidim who would be upset at those that killed the scorpions on Shabbos. So tell Rabbanan, this Dabalin Chashim Akravayim. If someone you know sees snakes or scorpions and haragon, if he killed them, so it's like a chasidish shavarder. Be a dua, it comes out shenis damnu loy lahargon. The menashemayim, he got they, they were mezakeh him that he was zoycha to kill them. Loy haragon be a dua shenis damnu. Lahargai. Now let's say he couldn't kill them, but they ran away. There was a, it's like a simon from Shemayim that they were supposed to kill him. And a special miracle took place and he wasn't harmed from them. That's only been shaifen by when they're hissing at him. So then you know they're upset. So, and they still didn't kill him. So that must be it was a nace from uh, the that he really was destined to be to, to be bitten. There was once a snake that fell in shul on Shabbos. And a certain person is called uh, Nayusi. He got up he killed the snake. So Amar Rabbi Rabbi said You know, like it takes one to know one. Someone similar. Uh, you know, hit hit the snake. So he boiled them. They weren't sure what Rebbe meant. Pogabakiyotz boy, the shopper of it. He was cunning like a snake. He he jumped uh, he jumped to the uh, halacha and he killed it, which was good. I like maybe he's like the nachash hakadmoni, that original snake. We did something wrong. So they weren't sure was it correct or not correct. So Tashmad Rabbi Abba Brei Rav Chiyah Bar Abba Rav Zera Haviyosva Kilo Debe Rav They were sitting on the porch. Rav Yanei Nafik Moshe Bimnai. They were schmoozing about something. Boim in name Rav Yanei. They asked the following question about Rav from Rav Yanei. Mal laharig nachashim akrabayim is the person allowed to kill uh, snakes and scorpions and Shabbos? Amalahu tzira. When it comes to hornets, ani hayreg. I kill nachash va'akrav lekoshkin. I even kill hornets on Shabbos. So sure, I would kill snakes and scorpions. And therefore, you see that it's mutter to do this on Shabbos. The says no. Dilma lefitumai. Maybe when Rabbi Yanai says that I kill these things on Shabbos, he's not talking about when I go around killing these animals. It means lefitumai when he's walking to shul and there's these bugs. On the floor, he doesn't specifically try to step around them. There's a concept called the fitume halachas and hilchas yaredea. There's a discussion of you have a you have a nachri and he's telling you, you know, a shail of nemanis. Could I believe him? Can I not believe him? There's a concept in Gittin and in yaredea masiach lefitumai. What does that mean? He's speaking without um, without actually thinking about what he's saying. He doesn't have. It's called a um, there's, a there's a term for it. 
It's called mindfulness. He doesn't have mindfulness in, in, in the conversation. If he knows that I really want to know exactly what he put into this recipe, so then he has no namanis anymore, because he knows that whatever he says is going to be held against him. But if he st- I ask him, you know, what's your recipe? And he tells me something, and he doesn't know who I am. I don't work for any hashkacha agency. I just asked him. There's a concept of masiyach tumoy. He said something without thinking too deeply into what he was saying. Halach is that there's some level of namanis in that case. So to over here, the concept is, when I'm walking on the street, and I, without, without really thinking about it, I stepped on you know, ants or bugs on Shabbos. That's what Abzeira meant to say. When it comes to spittle, let's say your person's walking on the ground, a dirt ground. So on one hand, you, you could say that the spit on the ground, if you press it with your foot into the ground, you're, 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 you're uh, firming up the, uh, on the ground. It might be baina, or if you're indoors, it might be harisha, uh, if you're outdoors. Halacha is darsa, if you too you gotta keep walking, you don't have to be busy making sure, nuchum, right, uh, making sure where you step, that every, every, every uh, piece of dirt is dry. Okay, so as you're walking, you gotta step on it. Yeah, Adam. Right, so, so, so that, that's, a, that's a natural reaction, meaning that's a tum of a tahara. If he stepped on it, he's tummy. If not, not. Here we're trying to figure out did he do something wrong? Do I have to specifically avoid it? So there's a concept of lefi tumma, I'm just, I'm just walking, I'm not uh, without mindfulness, so it's not called kavana. I need kavana for Shabbos, Malachas Mach Shabbos. By Zav, we, you know, you check the cameras afterwards. If the guy stepped on it, he's tummy, right? Okay. Next, Abba Barmarta, who is the who Abba Barmanuni, he's the father of, uh, I was called Abba Barmanuni, have a maski bay, the uh, bay, Reish Galusa Zuze. So he owed uh, money to the Reish Galusa. So he borrowed money from the pot. So I sue, they brought him to the base Reish Galusa for Kamatsarale. They were, they were uh, bothering him. So have a shadi ruka. There was a spittle in between them. I mean, they were they were pressing him to pay back. So there was some spit between them. And according to some versions of this gemara, it was Shabbos. So So bring me a keli, and we'll cover up the spit. So You don't need it. Why do you have to cover it so that no one steps in on Shabbos? You don't need it because If someone stepped in it without think, without thinking about it, that's not a problem. So So the reish kalusa told people, oh, is a tamah. You know what, Shivku, we'll give him a break. I'm not going to bother him and harass him for the money back. Next, I'm Rabbi Abba Bakahana, Rabbi Hanina. You have these uh, large uh, candelabras of the house of Rabbi. So we had this way back in the, the sugas after the Hanukkah sugas. We spoke about this in Muksa. So, Halachas, you're allowed to carry them on Shabbos. Now, they're not lit and it's not going to extinguish anything, but it's talking about these large candelabras. The concern was that they would break apart and you would end up fixing it on Shabbos. That was the concern way back on, where's the Daf, Daf, Memvav, Daf, Lamedvav. Okay. So, Amalia Rab Zera. Rab Zera said, what type of Pamoitos uh, is this? Is this Benitan Biyadi Achas? Is it only that you could, that it's small enough that I could carry in one hand? It's not so big. Or or maybe it's even it's so big that I need two hands to carry it. So I'm It's the size of the ones that your father had, which are very small. That's mutter. But the ones that are very big, we had this way back, that since they're so large, nobody moves them. If nobody moves them, they have a din of muksa. The Chaznish holds this as a din of muksa. Machmas uh, kiss. He even sp- spoke about a clock. Maybe a clock has the din of muksa machmas chesar and kiss because nobody moves on a Shabbos. So then they needs two hands to pick up. Nobody moves it throughout the week, and therefore that would be muksa. 
wagon shall be Rabbi of the house of Rabbi, Mutla Tatam Shabbos. Lach is not a movement on Shabbos. I'm like Rabzera. Benitalam Badam Echor, Abishnei Benayadam. How large were these wagons? Was it only. Uh, was it small enough that one person could bring it, or you needed two people to bring it? It was the ones like their father's house, which would only be able to be moved with one person. But if they, that, that only needed one person to move it, if, if it was so big, you needed two people to move it, it would be the same thing, muksa, that, that it has a designated place, nobody moves it, and therefore it would be muksa. One more Gemara of Amr Rabbi Abba Bakahana, so a third member of Rabbi Abba Bakahana, Hitilahem Rabbi Chinil the base Rabbi. So Rabbi Chinil was matter to the house of Rabbi, Lishtois Yain, to drink wine, the Kronish Anachri, that came, that was delivered by Anachri, the Chaisimach, it only had one seal. Now, what is this talking about? So, we're going to spend some time in the Sechus of Adazara discussing the halacha of Chaisamais. This is a whole Simon and Shochanarach, Simon Kufiotes. There's a discussion of Chaisamais and Kufiotes, Kufiotes, Chaisamais in halacha. So, what's the concept of Chaisamais? Halacha is that if I'm sending a shliach, I send something in the hand of a nachri from A to B, a delivery of a restaurant, and I send a delivery man to go from point A to point B, there's a concept of having a seal. That's where your kosher tape and your stamps and all that other stuff come from. So, there's a concept called Chavis. Chavis is an Acronym for Chatichas Dog, so that's the Ches. Bays is Basar, Yud is Yain, and Tuf is Tchelas. So Tchelas never make it in Shulchan Aruch, so we talk about the fish, the meat, and the wine. The halach is most of the Tanam held, it needs to have two Chesamais. So what, the Yod is Yain. Why those few? Because the, the concern being the Sedaraisa, the concern is that it's expensive. Two Simonim are necessary. You'll figure out how Kashra's tape today gets you two Simonim. So he was saying that in the house of Rebbe, they only needed one Simon, not two Simonim. Why is that? I'm not sure. I don't know. Is it Imi Shim the Savalik Rebbe Lez? He holds like Rebbe Lez or says, Yain is Mutter Bechaisim Echad. Or Imi Shim Emesad the Benisiyah. Since Rebbe was a very, very uh, respected. Uh, Jew, that he was the house of the Nasi, nobody wanted to mess with his product, so they didn't want, they wouldn't bring him something that that was tampered with, so therefore one chaisam would be enough. So it's like two chaisamas. You have one chaisam plus it's the house of Rebbe, and therefore we could be make and only have one chaisam. Okay, yeah,